Hello and welcome to The Queer Experience. My name is Eric, I use they pronouns, and today we're having a delightful little panel chat about conventions, because at least for New England friends, PAX East is slowly upon us, but conventions are happening all over all the time, um, and we just wanted to spend some time to kind of talking about our experiences, what, what brings us to them, how do we all find community while we're at conventions, and what does that look like? And so I have... Uh, corralled some convention regulars, we'll call you all, uh, folks who attend conventions somewhat frequently, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves, and we'll start with Nanite. Hey, y'all. Um, I'm Nanite Technology. You can call me Nanite, he, him pronouns. Um, yeah, uh, I'm a Twitch streamer on hiatus. Um, hopefully we'll come back after PAX. Um and I'm just excited to talk about conventions. Um, they're a really fun topic, and it's a great time to see some friends you wouldn't otherwise see. Hey, y'all. This is DJ. My pronouns are he, him. Uh, by day, I do DEI consulting and equity search work. Uh, by not my day job, I uh, moonlight slash my regular here. You've probably heard my voice before. Um, and I was interested in doing this panel and chatting about conventions uh, because for like almost a decade, it was a big part of my life and year. And um, I found a lot of fun out of them and would love to be able to talk about that and hopefully help others find the fun in them. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Nala or Jay. I use both names interchangeably. My pronouns are they, them, and I am an art director and award-winning illustrator uh, who works full-time uh, doing work in the tabletop space. Uh, besides art, I am also a voice actor, sensitivity consultant, and a TTRPG actual play performer, probably most well-known for uh, Itaewon by Night. Um, and I attend... Um, I'm doing math in my head. Um, sort of like three conventions a year, and I've been doing the same three for two years now, which is PAX Unplugged, Big Bad Con, and PAX East. Um, I've also done Gen Con um, and then Gen Con Online. Um, and at all of those conventions I just mentioned, I have either been a guest, gotten scholarships, or have paneled, ran games, some random combination of all of the above. Um, I have not paid for a uh, panel ticket in quite some time, which is a nice perk of uh, speaking at conventions, as you don't usually have to pay for your ticket, which is great. Um, but yeah, I've been going to cons since, um, I think 2019 was my first PAX Unplugged. And that one uh, was the my first one. Um, and that one, I was just going more as a hobbyist, someone looking for work. But then the pandemic hit, didn't do as much cons, and then I sort of came back when cons started happening again. Um, but by then I was doing more professional work in the space. And I'm really excited to talk about conventions and all the other stuff we're here to talk about today. Um, because uh, I think they can be really scary, especially for people who've never been to one. And I hope that this panel uh, is helpful to people. And yeah, and I've been doing, I have been going to PAX East ooh, 
um, since 2011. Oh my gosh. Been, <laughs> I, I have been going for a hot minute. Um, and yeah, I think I'm, I'm in the same boat. Like I wanted to put this together because over the, all that time. And I think the only Paxis that I've missed in some capacity was basically just the year it didn't happen because of COVID. Um, and so I don't know. I, I derive a lot of joy from conventions. And I think like Nana was mentioning, like seeing people that you don't always get to see and the connections you make. But I will say my panel or my convention experience of 2011 is vastly different than my convention experience of what I'm what I'm anticipating for 2024. So it's I've been through a lot of iterations of of it, um, but I, I do really love going. It's like my one big thing every year that I like can't wait for um, and do everything I can to get out of work because full time job is like, wait, you're going where doing what? That's not related to our work. And I'm like, I know, but I need all these days off, even though Saturday is technically a mandatory work event. How can I get out of it? Um, which I have a done. Gaming convention. <laughs> what are you having fun? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you enjoy your so, free time? So we, I think we, we kind of started on this a little bit, but um, the first question I had for everybody was just what what makes you at attend conventions? Like, why do you go? What is the draw either personally or professionally? Um, and, and like what, yeah, we'll start there. What, what makes you want to go to conventions? Uh, I think for me, first and foremost, it is a networking opportunity, uh, being a multiple marginalized person. It is sometimes, unfortunately for better or for worse, the only way I can get myself in the room to meet the right people, to get the jobs that I need to get. Because I work freelance in the space, I am consistently looking for work and always trying to meet new people and network and do all of those things. And cons are, unfortunately, the best way to do that. Um, I say unfortunately because conventions, and I think we might talk about this maybe, but um, if not, I just want to bring it up, is that cons um, are a, a barrier, I think, of accessibility for a lot of people. Um, not everyone have the resources to take time off work, to travel, because traveling is very expensive, especially if you don't live anywhere near any conventions. If you live in the global south, if you live anywhere that is not North America or Europe, like places that don't have as big of like a tabletop presence, um, coming internationally for cons is a huge expense for a lot of people. Um, not to mention uh, in in this sort of like pandemic times, a lot of cons are uh, going without mask mandates and stuff that are supposed to protect everyone. And so a lot of people who used to attend cons pre-pandemic no longer feel safe doing so because they can't uh, go to cons with people um, unmasking and all of that stuff. So um, I feel the need to acknowledge that cons are a privilege for anyone who gets to attend. And I feel very lucky that um, I am able to have those opportunities uh, and I, uh, cons ever since, like, I started working the space, they are work for me. Like, yeah, they're fun. But I get to see my friends, but, um, they, I consider them work trips, um, because, uh, the amount of tangible work that I've gotten from conventions is well worth anything else. And, um, it's nice seeing that some cons, you know, are offering scholarships for marginalized folks mm -hmm. to just show up. Because I think we all know we've been to cons. The majority of the people there are white men 
with beards. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. As, as someone who travels with a number of straight white men with beards that when we get there, I'm like, I will not be able to find you. My one friend one year wore a, <laughs> he runs another podcast and he wore like a bright pink shirt that said, ask me about my shitty podcast. <laughs> and that was the only way that I could, de- could delineate him from all of the other white men with beards. Um, but I will say like, if it wasn't for being in, Paxi's physically being in Boston, where I am physically located, I don't know that I'd be able to swing a trip every year. To oh, one hundred percent. Are you from Boston? I'm in Boston. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I I'm also Massachusetts. <laughs> Hooray! Same. But like, wow. to do like hotels and travel and all yeah. that stuff. Like the fact that well, because I'm doing we're doing a panel, which we'll plug at the end. Uh, my Pax cost is zero dollars right now, other than just getting there and whatever getting food there. and other things that I buy. But yeah, it's definitely mm-hmm. cost prohibitive. Um, yeah. Comparatively to me, who's on the panel from Oregon, who is <laughs> flying and hoteling, literally and... across the coast. Yeah. yeah. So uh-huh. DJ or DJ or Nana, what what makes you go to cons? Um. So I haven't been to as many cons. I've only recently kind of been able to go to them because I have adult. My I'm a young adult, like early twenties. I only just now have. The fun, the spare funds, I should say, to be able to do some of these events. Like mm-hmm. in college, no way could I afford like any of these things. I was paying for school, for rent, and all of that stuff. Um, so just being able to go to these is enjoyable, and um, I guess one of the things that really makes it worth going to is putting a face to an online name in certain Mm -hmm. scenarios because you can talk to someone like all day every day but until you actually meet that person face to face there's still kind of like this mystery individual it's like oh yeah this is my online friend that I've never met mom don't worry about it I guarantee they're completely normal um I promise <laughs> they're I, a real I, person I, <laughs> I went to see like one of my online friends uh who lives in California my mother's like how do you know this person I'm like do not ask me too many questions about this I assure you they are perfectly safe I hope um <laughs> they are my best friend and I've never <laughs> seen their legs <laughs> actually 100% that Uh, could not tell you what half of my friends legs look like Um, but it's so a lot of it is very enjoyable like putting faces to names and like Jay said like kind of getting that networking opportunity going as well Um, and I'm still a baby in like all of the tabletop space and all that stuff I kind of have had to prioritize my day job a little bit more um so I've just been doing my own thing on the side trying to learn some stuff um but hopefully when it does get up there just having that network of people will definitely be really helpful um and then I guess for certain types of cons anything where there's a lot of people like the small cons are great they're really enjoyable especially if you're going with a group there's a lot more opportunity to kind of do everything um, but the big cons, kind of having the choice of what you want to do is definitely worth it, in my opinion. Yeah. So on the West Coast, there aren't as many options, I feel like. There's PAX West, which is primarily what I've done. Um, and I'm told that I was doing PAX West when it was called PAX Prime, so that dates me a little bit. 
um and then Norwestcon, which is like sci-fi fantasy things um i similarly kind of what nana was sharing um i started going a lot younger but um like jay uh found ways to get paid <laughs> or get funds to go so uh, for Norwestcon, I used to work like security dispatch. And so if you haven't had to dispatch security guards to a hotel room party that has gotten out of hand of a bunch of um, people who are there to make poor choices and get really drunk, uh, you have not worked a con. Um, so I did that for a couple of years, mostly because I had a friend who was in charge and was looking for people. Um, and it paid in hotel rooms or something and as a college student yeah that's half the half the fight um and i'm in oregon so seattle isn't too too far um i also resonated a lot man i was like you're saying about like getting adult money i remember going to co conventions with friends who were also working and then like us cramming as many bodies in a hotel room as possible to cut down on costs and i still remember the year that i was like no Never again. We will get two beds. There will be at max four of us. We will pick who they are. We will know who they are. I am an adult. Like I remember <laughs> that vividly and will never go back. Um, but yeah, and then I was at PAX uh, West for quite a bit of time. Um, basically until my 30th birthday when um, my husband's cousin decided to have his wedding over my birthday and PAX West at the same time. And so I had to pick family over going to do what I wanted to do, which was sad. And then the the pandemic happened in Rona and I have not really been back. So this will be my first uh, convention since Rona. Um, so that'll be uh, interesting. I, at least for PAX East compared to PAX West, I've heard... Um, the spacing is a lot better at East, and so I'm excited for that, because PAX West, if you have not been, is, like, at this point, like, halfway through, the, like, downtown. Like, every hotel has something happening, and it's official, and which is great and delightful and so much nerd, but also, like, I love the idea of just, like, one big convention center, all of us together, and hopefully uh, my friend's masking, because nerds are gross, and there was a PAX box before coronavirus and i do not want to get the run yeah. can i just say how like goofy it is that we've all normalized getting sick at conventions like con plague whatever whatever like that was like even when i was like in high school doing like anime conventions and whatever like i wasn't really into yes. anime but i liked the cosplay aspect of it so like i would go to anime boston and aresia and like mm -hmm. cons like that um which are more like fan expos i think um, and more about like the community, finding fandom, that sort of thing, cosplay meetups, et cetera. Um, but like, we all just kind of normalize getting sick. And I think that's really weird and goofy of us because now, ever since the pandemic, I never stopped masking and I have never gotten sick from a convention since then. In fact, I have not gotten sick this entire time except the one time I got COVID. And I normally get sick multiple times a year. So I'm like, wow, it's almost like masking works. <laughs> it's no, almost it's like social right. distancing works. Like that's weird. Um, and and <clears throat> I feel I like also... it's... Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, you, you finish your thought because I wanted to say something... Uh, about uh smaller cons but uh, if you mm -hmm. want to finish a thought on this first go ahead yeah i mean a it's pretty ableist 
this full stop of us being yeah. able to just, like, make that assumption. And I'm right there with you because I was young and was like, man, this sounds great and I'll be okay. And I think that um, COVID showed a lot of people how close we are to not being able to, like, recover after being ill. And uh, which I don't think was a lot of what people thought or felt for a long time. Um, and I'm I'm with you, Jay. I'm that same person now. I'm like, on flights, I will always mask forever now. It's amazing. I feel so much better. Because um, I don't even get that, like, oh, I flew. I had a little bit of a cold. I'm like, nope. Nothing anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, just, I think a lot of it also is, is age. I think that it bonds, right? Like, if you're, when you're going, it's like a younger thing. And so you're immune system might be a little more like robust or something at least like I don't see many people like I'm 35 and I, I know that I'm like on the older side which makes me feel so weird to say that um but going to cons and things like that so I think that there are a lot of like preconceived notions that go into that but you're right I am looking forward to going and not getting sick and then feeling very smug about that <laughs> Um, regards to like big cons or small cons, I think that's definitely up to personal preference because I think the pros and cons you put out, Nana, like make a lot of sense. I would like to give a shout out to smaller conventions only because I think a pro of smaller conventions is that they can be more focused to specific things. Like, especially if you were to compare, for example, um, PAX East to PAX Unplugged to something like Big Bad Con. Um, PAX East is bigger than PAX Unplugged. And for those of you who don't know the difference, Unplugged is specifically non-video games, hence the name, uh, like board games, card games, and tabletop RPGs. PAX East is all of those plus video games. And PAX East, in my opinion, also is slightly more of an expo where people are showcasing their games and um, fans will come and to try new games and to talk with devs and that whole thing. Um, it's, uh, I find that it's a little less focused on like community and or networking. Um, but I think there's people trying to push East a little bit more in that direction. Um, Unplugged as like the middle option is a little bit more focused to tabletop RPGs specifically. Um, and, uh, I, I don't actually know if it's like the space is physically larger or smaller than East. I, I would say it's smaller, but I don't know because both of those cons are just big to me because <laughs> they're so large. Um, and Gen Con's freaking huge. Um, uh, Gen Con is the biggest tabletop convention in the country. Um, but something like um, Big Bad, which is in San Francisco, it takes place in one hotel. Um, and last year, uh, there was a thousand people because it was capped at at a thousand people um and the year before that it was only about like 500 to 800 people like they said basically that they almost doubled in capacity from 2022 to 2023 um but that convention is so like laser focused on networking um they have a like scholarship program to bring in marginalized people especially international folks people who don't normally get to go to conventions and there's lots of events centered around networking opportunities for people of color in this space which i think is really important um and i think big bad con is one of the best conventions for networking that i've been to um just because it is so laser focused on that um it's it's 
it feels more like a work retreat than like any other convention because I'm seeing like all of my online friends and like there's such a high concentration of industry professionals at that con compared to like just fans. Not that fans are a bad thing, but like when I am going for work, that convention is one of the most successful ones for me just because of the concentration of people there that I can potentially get my work in front of and get hired by. And I think for for me, like going like I've I mean, I went to PAX East the first time because someone was like, hey, it's a giant video game, board game, tabletop RPG thing, and it's in our backyard. Let's go. And I was like, hell yeah. Um, and it became a like for me, part of it was it became a tradition of there was a group of friends that all kind of scattered away from Boston that would reconvene every year at PAX East, um, which has shifted a little bit here and there in terms of who's all been able to make it over the years. But my the first maybe four or five years that I went, we had a ritual of this is back when they had a bunch of round tables back in the tabletop area. We would literally claim a table. All of our stuff was at the table. And then we would like over the course of the day, people would would come and go. We'd be playing board games at the table. We'd be doing we did tabletop games there as well. Like I would always run certain games at the table. And then but it was a nice day where it was like, okay, we all are we have a base of operations. And then we can kind of come and go and we have this space. And I will never forget the first year they got rid of the round tables in that area. And I was like, oh my God, what do we do? I don't know how to operate this convention anymore because I've lost my table. But like, I think from, th from, from there on and like going this year, I'm excited because like, I'm, I'm going to be trying to hawk this podcast on people and be like, oh my goodness, like I, you have a really cool game that I'd love to try out. Like, let me get some information from you. Let me talk to you. Uh, I tried going last year and I was, I forgot business cards because I didn't get them made in time. I, I've learned Canva now. Well, I haven't learned Canva, but I have utilized Canva better and have business cards now. So like I can go and talk to some of these vendors and, and try and do a little bit more of that. But I think for me at the end of the day, the big crux for me of going to PAX East will always be the people and the friends and, and, very like close second is like seeing all the cool new stuff that's coming out. Um, although there is always that tricky part of like, you see a cool game, you're like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. And they're like, yeah, our Kickstarter launches in six months and we have an estimated delivery date of two years from now. Um, or even just the games that are like, Oh yeah, here's our demo. The game is set to release uh, at some point between now and 2026. And you're like, cool. I literally leave PAX East with, I keep a running list in my phone that I then turn into a spreadsheet where I like try and find everything. So I can like wish list stuff, make sure I've actually found everything correctly. But it's, yeah, for me, it's number one, people and friends. And that network of people and friends has been growing over the years. I've got people coming in from all, like we've convinced DJ to come in from Oregon. So, you know, I think it's people and friends. And then secondary for me is like finding the games, playing stuff, doing all that. And then I probably should be doing a better job while I'm there of like, selling my podcast to folks being like, you should listen to our cool stuff we do. Um, but I am hoping to bump into people who have designed games that we've run because it's fun to meet those people in person as well, especially if they liked the episode we did. I didn't fuck their game up too badly, which is my problem of forgetting rules or missing them. But uh, yeah, I think for me, that's kind of where I lie. Um, I know we've, we've hit on it a little bit talking about kind of finding space at, at cons, right? So like, being able to find some community at the smaller cons is one experience at the bigger cons. It could be a little bit more difficult. So for, for everybody, the question on the table now is kind of 
what does community at a convention mean to you and and how do you find it or how do you kind of in, like create that if you're not able to find it readily available somewhere oh i see i think dj dj threw a hand up immediately Aha. um so i've been going to cons long enough that i uh was doing them pre-me understanding that I have, like, high-functioning anxiety and depression issues. And so, um, for me, it was becoming, at least for PAX, like, there's the temporary staff called Enforcers, which has its own weirdness with names. But um, for me, having a purpose to be there other than, like, oh, awesome, fun, because I get overwhelmed in the expos and things like that. So having a purpose there was really helpful for me and then when you like at least for the west one when you join the team you get an opportunity to kind of pick like what you're interested in what you're not doing and those kinds of things and um so i did everything from like the i was the uh staff member for the like quiet room accessibility space for the first year that west ever did one um it was supposed to be three of us and i was the only one to show up so i worked a lot that year um had lots of good feedback on how to do it better and then I swapped over to a program called Line Entertainment. Um, my my jobs have been in higher ed and now DEI spaces, and so are pretty like mentally taxing and sad sometimes. And so I wanted to be able to go and work and do something completely different. And Line Entertainment is was a group of uh, barely contained chaos and um, clowns that would go around to where there were like main hall the main hall to get in things like that and entertain the people who have been standing in line or are standing in line um so we we joked that we were the like the chaos brigade because line management would help people like get in lines effectively like make use of the space right and all that and then we'd come in and be like screw all of that let's play some games and we'd have swag and just cause chaos isn't that just um, a court jester yeah, I was going to say, mean, like, aren't you just, like, <laughs> line jesters? <laughs> yeah, basically, we were the the teams deployed of, like, instead of people getting frustrated that they're still waiting in line, let's go distract them with shiny, swaggy things, and maybe they'll win a game. <laughs> For um, those of you who have never been to conventions, this is important. There's a lot of waiting in line. <laughs> mm -hmm. So much so that they've invented jesters to entertain you while you wait in line. <laughs> We just keep reinventing court jesters. <laughs> and it's and it's an official job you can have. Yes. <laughs> I mean And you get official... paid for it or you get a free badge or something. What do you get, DJ? Uh at Pax West, we got paid hourly and we got a pass to work. So you had to like sign up for every a, a shift every day. Um so really all we paid for was up front at least, uh, was our hotel room. And um I think they even got us like cheaper rates on that but like when it came down to it 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 evened out after we got paid which was really nice what um, what what's the crowd pleaser um of line entertainment <laughs> um win lose banana is uh the crowd uh, it's, huh? it's, it's three cards that you make uh -huh. up the really big ones and one says win one says lose and one says banana and you do like three card monty style and you mix them up and then they pick one Either they win or they lose or banana, and no one knows what banana does, and it's really chaotic and fun. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, 
what's also nice about that is so I was there for a few years and then they realized, uh, DJ, you're sick of the mud, kind of. Um, you really good at coordinating things. And so I actually moved up was uh, the like vice chair of it. And so I got to like run shifts. And so I didn't go out as often, but I would be like, look, all of you chaos ducklings, you just need to be pointed somewhere to do your job effectively. I'll point you, you go. And so I would help schedule and choose like, oh, this is going to be a really big area. What does that look like? Um, so uh, I got really big. That was the year that I got Slack fans from my husband. And so those were basically, I was like directing people with fans the entire time. It was obnoxious and delightful. So for me, that was a good way of finding community. I got a purpose. Yep. We all were there for the same reason. Um, I'm friends with a lot of them right now, still, even though I haven't gone in a few years. And um, kind of uh, was able to learn the convention in a less, oh, dear God, fire hose kind of way, which for me was really, really good. Um, yeah. And so even though it's been a few years and I've never gone to East, I know that, like, hey, there are people there who are kind of running this. And if worse comes to worse and I'm lost, like, I already know that there are some structures or things in place, what that looks like. Uh, this will be the first time in a long time I've gone as not an enforcer. And so um, I've already, like, bugged Eric a lot, being like, when's our panel? What's this look like? What are we doing? Are we doing things? How does this look? Please keep me, like, engaged. Don't leave me alone and make me sad. <laughs> um, so uh, he's probably very tired of um about, oh nan nanite or jay i think go for it nanite um so i was also a part of stuff in pax last year it was my first pax east because i had like just joined or i had just like gotten the money to go everything worked out i was like yeah let's do this um so i joined omegathon um mm -hmm. which was a whole i didn't know what the hell was did going get, on did you get um, picked i did get picked i just oh. submitted my application again so hopefully they'll bring me back because they have a habit of doing that apparently um and i want to win this time because i lost during pac-man and i'm pissed uh it's like how, my mother would be so disappointed in me like how can i lose during pac-man um <laughs> but i was also part of the pax pokemon league i'm doing that again i'm a gym leader it's really fun because there's a whole bunch of like prep work so everyone's interacting before the convention even happens making plans to hang out and get lunch things like that um you kind of see some names that you didn't expect to see in events like that and you're like oh I actually like know who that person is that's kind of cool um and then on the other side I guess like kind of finding a community having an online community that you're already familiar with like there is a streamer that I watch and it just so happens that one of that I'm a regular in their chat someone else who is uh lives in Massachusetts we met up at the con hung out for like a day and a half it was a really good time um so I feel like as long as you are not being parasocial because that is a whole nother topic that is a problem. Um, I was going to say not a problem. It's definitely a problem. Um, some people take that shit way too far. Um, 
as long as you are not being parasocial with someone, uh, using those communities, be like, hey, who's going to PAX? Let's hang out. Who's going to this convention? Like, anyone want to get lunch or want to walk around? I just don't want to, you know, go around the convention center alone because as fun as it is to see everything, it's also fun to like chat with someone while you're going and doing all of this stuff. Um, so it's definitely weird going for the first time and trying to create that community if you don't have something established. Um, in that case, your best option is probably to try and join an event or even just like talk with some vendors, maybe join a random game or something. Mm -hmm. um, there's always people playing games in the tabletop area, like just ask to join a game. Literally holding big signs that say looking yeah, for players. Yeah, looking so. for <laughs> players. Like, go over yeah. to be like, hi, what game are we playing? Teach me. Um, yeah. Someone will spend two hours explain, explaining the rules of Nemesis to you. I guarantee I'm that person, but. Um... <laughs> We're all nerds. And this mm -hmm. is a time when like people are openly invited to teach a game that they're passionate about. So you're gonna, very easy to find someone. <laughs> that being said, um, because some people have, you know, difficulties with social cues and things like that. If you feel unwelcome or you feel uncomfortable, it is 100% okay to excuse yourself from the situation. You are not obligated to hang out with your online friends. Um, sometimes you don't get those cues until you meet someone in person and you're like, wow, there are so many red flags that were hidden below your torso that I could not see. Um, head down, all the red flags were hidden. Um, so just be mindful. Um, basic internet safety does apply at conventions um, even more so because you're actually in person and some people are closet weirdos. Yeah. I think um, I was writing down stuff so that I don't ramble because uh, I have a lot of advice um, in terms of finding community uh, when you're like in the lead up to a convention, um, definitely use tags on social media. You can say like, I'm going to hashtag PAX Unplugged or PAX Unplugged insert year uh, or PAX East 2024. Um, and you can like search the tag and see if you know anyone else who's going. A lot of people, um, I'm speaking specifically about Twitter, will change their screen names to say, uh, I'm going to insert convention name. Um, and then when you search the convention name, everyone who's put that in their uh, screen name will show up. So that's um, an easy way to see if you have any mutuals who are going to a con. This is, of course, assuming people are doing that. But a lot of people do, and it's a trend to do it. So most people end up doing it. <laughs> um, as far as like when you're there um, in terms of like recognizing people, that sort of thing, um, making a little sticker for yourself or like just a piece of paper insert into your badge because um, the badges, they'll give you a badge, uh, not every con, but if you buy like one of those plastic badge holders, you can slip your badge into it. Um, and then have like your own lanyard or whatever. Um, but then in then also into that piece of plastic, you can put a piece of paper that has your handle on it or has um, your profile picture. Um, I met someone at a con once who actually made stickers of their profile picture and just stuck it to their badge so that when you're going around looking at people's badges, which depending on the con might not even have your name on them, um, 
rec- looking for that recognizable part of your branding or part of your social identity makes it a lot easier for people to identify you, especially if people are wearing masks. It's hard to recognize people. Um, also, if someone just never puts their face online, it's like, how am I going to know you? But, oh, I know you, uh, like, nerd2489, whatever. <laughs> like, oh, I know yeah. you. I know you by your handle. So that's a great way um, just, like, to have on you as you're walking around so that people may be like, oh, I know you. Um it's also just good practice to always introduce yourself with your handle because again like people might be bad at faces bad with names they might not recognize you so i have made it a thing to be like oh hi like my name is nala or jay i'm at nala draws or at nala woo on twitter blah 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 um and more of the time even if if you're introducing yourself even if you think the person knows who you are still introduce yourself so that they don't feel goofy <laughs> for being like wait i know you but what's your name um because that can that can uh, assuage some uh social um social nervousness i think for people um also going to echo uh join games go do demos talk to people at booths um those are like great ways to just meet people um, at other conventions like Gen Con, where they have like the most random stuff you can go do, um, like take a drawing class, go learn line dancing, go like Gen Con is so big. They have the most random shit there. <laughs> so like, but like these are more like social events that you can go and you can meet people who have similar interests to you. Um, and then also there's uh, after parties, uh, after the con closes, there's always like things happening. Um, and this is, I guess, more so how to connect with people you already know. You can invite your friends out to dinner. You can go do something. Um, when you are a professional in the space, uh, you may get invited to industry parties, so you can go to those if you want. Um, and that's a great way to sort of connect with your mutuals and just like folks online is going to these like industry parties. Um, but that's that's a bit harder because it's kind of like you have to know someone <laughs> to go. Right. But um, th- that's definitely a way that like I find community is going to those things, even though I'm like, I don't know anyone who's going, but sure, I'll show up. And if it sucks, I can just leave. <laughs> or if someone I don't like is there, I can just leave. Um, but uh, I think definitely if you are going to a con for the first time and you don't know anyone, um, my advice to you would be to try to find a mutual or someone that you are friends with, not someone you follow, someone you are friends with and see if, if any of your like online friends, even if you're just like vaguely mutuals, if anyone that you are aware of is going, um, that would be my best advice. Um, cause I know it can feel kind of like goofy, like walking around by yourself. You don't really have any plans. I, uh, I would like find panels you want to go to, cause you can talk to the people sitting next to you. I would, you know, try to see if there's anyone else eating alone at lunch and be like, hey, can I sit with you? Like, what's your name? Blah, 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 blah. Um, or walk around like the open play areas. And again, look for people who are looking for players. That's a great way to meet people. Um, those would be my advice, I think, for like varying levels of comfort. I would say, and I'll, I'll echo a lot. I think for me, I've always been fortunate because like I said, I started going with a group of people. And even though that group of people has shifted over time, I think I've still always been fortunate that I go with folks but i will say there's definitely times where it's like oh hey i'm gonna get there thursday morning and everyone else is kind of like i don't need to get there right at right when it opens i'm like no i want the experience of waiting in line run like you know storming the castle as they open the red the red velvet or whatever like i i want to go and just be present and like 
I don't know, I'm an extrovert from the Midwest. So like a stranger is just a friend that I haven't met yet. And so I'm going to talk to people in line next to me. If I hear someone's talking about a game that I know, I might be like, oh my God, I love that game. I'm, I'm also usually try to be aware of like, again, the social cues where it's like, if I throw something out and see if people are like, oh yeah, you love this game too. Let's talk about it. Or if they're kind of like, oh, we were having a private conversation and I'm like, I will back up. Um, but I do think, you know, depending on the spaces you're in, panels are great because again, you're probably going to like, especially if it's a big panel, you're going to get there early. You're going to be in line. You're going to be bored, but you're now already with a narrowed down group of people who have an interest in the thing that you're going to go listen to. Right. Like I went to a panel one time from the two guys who made Homestar Runner and like I sat in line with people who really loved Homestar Runner. And so like that was a commonality that you could immediately build off of. Uh, the packs at PAX East, the packs together intersections, like the little lounge area is great because there's different vendors set up there. There's tables and space in there where you can specifically sit down and just have some quiet space and maybe talk with people that are there that might share similar identities to you. Um, I'll plug the Boston gamers. It's gamers with a Y in the middle. Uh, they do trip, like they do trivia. Uh, they do a trivia event usually on the Thursday night. They have some other events that they do throughout the weekend um, but they're all stationed there and have a massive discord that they get everyone kind of into. So if you're running around the con and you're like, I don't know anybody, you can post in the, that discord and be like, hey, I was thinking of grabbing lunch or I was going to go to trivia tonight. Does anyone want to join me? So even if you haven't fully met them, there's like some connections. Uh, yeah, Jay. I have a very quick anecdote of maybe what not to do. Um <laughs> I don't know how to say this in a way that that doesn't make me seem like like full of it but i have a sizable presence on twitter and i've had people be really weird to me in person please don't be weird to the people you follow um i paneled i can't even remember what con this was at this point but it, i had like back-to-back -back panels on like like a panel on Friday and then a panel on Saturday or whatever. And so I guess someone had come to a panel on Friday and had come up to talk to me after the panel and we exchanged information, whatever. I don't really remember them. But then the second day after the panel, this same person comes up to me and is like, why haven't you followed me back on Twitter yet? And I'm like, first of all, like in my mind, I was like, first of all, who are you? Second of all, what? <laughs> and like, I was just staring at them, trying to remember who they were. I'm like, am I supposed to know you? And then I was like, oh, you were that person that I met yesterday. And so like, I just came up with some random excuse. Like, I mean, this is also true that like, I don't really follow people back until like after the con. Like I don't go through all my business cards that I get until after the con. Cause like, I'm so busy at these conventions. Like I said, this is work for me. So like I'm meeting so many people and after the con, I'll sit down and go through all these business cards. I'll follow up with people, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I was just like, I like, I'm not going to follow, like, especially now that you've asked, like, that's weird. Like, why do you expect people to follow you? Like, that's just so weird. Don't do that. Please, please. I'm begging you. Don't do that. Be normal. Um, if someone wants to follow you back, they will. And also lots of different people have different metrics for, for who they follow and why. Um, I don't necessarily, um, on Twitter follow people just because I met them or just because I was like with them on a panel, for example. Um, I follow people who I want to see their posts because that's the point of scrolling through. If I'm going to spend like hours and hours and hours of my life on Twitter, I want to like see the posts from the people I care about. And so if I follow too many people, 
that that timeline gets uh, uh, inundated. Um, and that's not to say I don't care about all the people I work with, but, but like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't expect someone to follow you back just because they said hi to you at a con once. Like, please don't be weird. Um, anyway, that's that's just my PSA. Please be normal. <laughs> and I and I, I think kind of I'll echo and give the like another angle of this, which is if you're somebody who is going and you have somebody that you've interacted with in some way and they, you know, and maybe there's somebody who is looking for some community or looking to be be part of groups. It's also okay to have your own boundaries too, right? Like I've had times where I've been at cons and for me, that's a lot of catching up with friends I don't get to see very often. So for me, the evenings after the convention itself is over, we've, we've decided to leave for the day is usually dedicated to those folks, right? Like yeah. I'm going to go find like when DJ gets in town, like I'm going to like, that he is a priority person because we've been playing games together for so long. We're both higher ed people. We've never gotten a chance to meet in person. And he's coming like, from far away, right? Coming right? far away. And I think there's times where when you're like running around the PAX convention floor and somebody's like, Oh, Hey, like, so what are you doing for dinner after all of this? It's okay to, to kind of look around and say, Hey, like I'm doing something with some folks. I like, I've been hanging out with, or I have some plans and like, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you the next day. I've, I've had other folks that have come in that like, they came in like a really large group. And for me, a large group of over t 10 to 12 people going out to dinner together stresses me the fuck out. Oh yeah. So like, when they're like, do you want to come to dinner? I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to hang no, with thanks. my four or five friends. <laughs> We're going to grab I'm a good. quick bite. If you want to meet me at the bar after this is the bar that I'll be at. And I can see all of you there. So I think it's, it's, there's a lot of you're finding community, you're getting to build connections, but also recognize your own lines in the sand, I guess, so to speak, of like, where are the things where, like, what are the things that are important and things I want to protect for myself? So for me, like I said, that's my evenings when I'm at the conventions, because that's when everyone who's traveled into town wants to do social things where we're not being surrounded by people everywhere. We're not sitting at a table basically screaming because you can't hear anybody like this is our time to actually catch up and be able to like chat and hang out. Uh, so I think we I kind think, of, oh, go ahead. Oh, real quickly as well. I think the other thing I'll say is for some of these cons, it really depends on the, which ones you're going to, but like the, the packs is at this point, it, it's multiple days and there's a marathon, not a sprint. Do mm -hmm. not go so hard your first day that you're like physically ill the next couple of days. And I think Get that, sleep. Get please sleep. sleep. Take a shower and sleep. sleep. Please. Water. Please shower. And drink water. <laughs> Eat please food. Um, right. but also, like, you're still a human. Remember all your bare necessity, <laughs> like all the basic needs of We're a human. gamers, but we shower. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wash your also, hands. My God. Little, um, <laughs> wash and oh, so many things. But I think also the space is different as well. So like, I didn't realize till the first year I went that I needed better shoes because I would be on concrete the entire day. And right. like, it, it didn't hit me until day two. And I'm like, why are my ankles and knees and feet just angry already? Oh, it's concrete. So like, yes, my converse are delightful. I wear like hiking, like, like tennis shoes because I need arch support and I'm going to be on my feet a lot. It's not cute, but it works. So just like be aware of those things too that you may not know and that's okay but like you don't want to leave a convention way more wrecked than you came. I think con crash is also completely normal. 
Um, and that's something like there's a whole article written about it too. Feeling down after like the highs of being at a convention is completely normal. So if that's something you experience, like you're not alone. I always feel like more depressed because uh, I have depression, but I feel like it hits me hard like that week after. I feel lethargic. I just feel tired. My social battery has been run all the way down. I'm another extroverted person, and so it takes a lot for that to happen. But cons is like so much talking. Oh, cough drops. Bring cough drops. You'll be talking a lot more than you normally do. My voice is like gone by day one, and I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> and you want me to do karaoke when? Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely drink water and all of those things, but just know that like likely you're going to be talking a lot more than you normally do and louder than you normally do again, because if you're in a crowded environment, you're going to be talking louder. So your voice will be hoarse. And again, that's normal. You're, you're usually not getting sick. Your voice is just hoarse because you're using it a lot more than normal. And especially, especially if you're, cause I, I believe, I don't know what the hacks East rules on masks are going to be this year. I don't think that they're required. Yeah, they're not required. I think they're my... recommended. They're yeah. recommended, but you know, like nobody's going to wear them. If it's anything like unplugged, there's going to be like 10% people masked and a majority of those 10% are people of color. <laughs> and what I want to say with that, like when, if you're, if you're one of the folks who is wearing, who's wearing the masks while you're at taxis, like what if I'm running around wearing a mask, like speaking, speaking normally at a con takes a lot on your voice speaking through a mask and having to amplify your voice a little bit more also takes something out of you. So I think remembering that as well. Um, I don't know. I don't functionally medically. I don't know if they were actually of sound science. I'm in a chorus and they gave us these masks when COVID first kind of hit. And we were for the first time we came back together, that they were called singers masks. And it was this like big thing, like it popped out in, further in front of your nose, like in front of your face. Oh, a duck mask. Yeah, everything was still like covered, but like it had a little bit more room. Um, and I wore that the first time I ran games for people because they could hear me better. I don't truly looking back on it. I'm like, I don't know if this is medically a good those, choice. Those work. We use them in our clean rooms. So there we go. They are a good substitute. Like I had, I had the, like when I was running games, I had the ability to do that. So I wasn't, cause I knew I was gonna be talking for a three hour session as a GM. So I wore that specifically when I was running my games um, versus when I put a, the regular one back on, when I was back out on the, on the floor, cause it's awkward. It wasn't actually very comfortable and I didn't like it, but it served that functional purpose in that moment. Um, but all that to say, masking also has an impact on kind of your experience while you're in there. And if it means you need to take some time to like step outside and get some fresh air to take your mask off for a little bit, whatever it is, find those, those things for yourself. Um, well, I'm going to take, so I had like two separate questions. I'm going to kind of just mesh them into one because I don't want to assume people have had good or bad experiences at cons. I assume we've all had good experiences because we keep going. Um, but we're, we're everyone on this call is a person in some capacity that holds marginalized identities. And I think that entering that entering a con space, there can be times where that is something that is either negatively impacted your experience or you found some community in that in some ways. And I would love to kind of hear folks specifically talk about that. And as soon as I started the question, Jay's hand was up and ready. So I'm going to let Jay kick us off. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm a multiple marginalized person. I know you can't see me because you're listening to this, uh, but I am uh, a international adoptee from southern China. 
Um, so I'm Asian, uh, Southern Chinese specifically. Um, I'm also trans, non-binary, I'm queer, um, and I'm also neurodivergent and disabled. Um, so I face a lot of challenges at cons, and I, again, made a list to sort of go over those things. Um, first of all, I have an auditory processing disorder, which basically means that it's hard for me to process sound, especially when there's a lot of sound. Um, as we were recording this podcast, I have the transcript up. So I'm watching this live transcript and that helps me process what my fellow panelists are saying better. Um, I also get sensory overload. And so cons are kind of a sensory nightmare for me. And I think a lot of other neurodivergent people, a lot of people on the autistic spectrum um, will identify with this. Um, cons can be really overwhelming. There's so many people. You might feel claustrophobic if you're in a crowd. Um, it's loud. You're tired. Usually people are running on less sleep, less food, less water. So um, crashes, uh, like sugar crashes, all these things are stuff that you need to like look out for. Um, cons do have, um, or at least like the PAXs, they have, a, they have what's called the AFK room, which is a quiet space designed to help folks who have maybe sensory overload or other things. Um, it's a quiet space for you to sort of like recenter yourself. Um, they have people in those rooms who are trained to help if you're having a panic attack and that sort of thing. Um, I think the AFK room is definitely worth a shout out because a lot of people don't know that it, that it even exists. Um, as for me, I often am wearing noise canceling headphones. I have like AirPod Pros, so I'll wear those and I'll be playing music that helps calm me down or centers me, um, which also means if you come up and try to talk to me, um, I may not hear you because I have my headphones in. Um, I also have earplugs, so I also sometimes wear earplugs at cons as well, especially if I'm like on the expo floor or something. It just helps reduce the noise down, and that's something you absolutely can do as well. Um, hanging out in smaller spaces, so not just the AFK room, like we mentioned the PAX Together intersection, formerly known as the Diversity Lounge, um, which is a funny name, <laughs> which is, I'm glad they changed it. But anyway, um, hanging out in those smaller spaces also reduces the amount of visual stimuli, the amount of auditory stimulus, um, and generally helps keep me a bit calmer. Um, and then when I know that I'm going into situations like the expo hall, which are which gets very overwhelming for me very fast, um, I I go into that like I set aside like the two hours and basically I walk in on one side, I walk all the way to the end, and then I walk up and down every single aisle, and then I can say I've seen everything. Um, and and my my strategy with that is I will just walk down the aisle. I'll look left, look right at all these boots. If I'm not interested, I keep walking. But this means by going up and down every single aisle, I can say I've seen everything. I'm not going to miss anything, and I'm not going to waste more time than I have to um, by going back and forth or trying to find the boots that I want to find on a map or whatever. Like I will just do that, and then I'm done. And then maybe I'll go back on Sunday or the last day of the con because often Boots will have sales to try and get rid of their stock. So maybe I'll go back once again or I'll go back with friends. But for me, I have to go in, go out, and I have a plan and I'm focused on that. I'm listening to my music and um, like laser focused on that helps me sort of manage that sheer amount of like sound. Um, 
I'm also, like I mentioned, I'm a visible person of color. Um, it's very rare, actually, that I face racism or bigotry, like in person. More of the hate, unfortunately, I get online because how dare I be a uh, multiple marginalized person in the space who's advocating for change for the better? How dare I want products to be equitable and uh, positive representations of marginalized groups? Like, mm, boo, right? Like, <laughs> so I get most of my hate online and I've never, save for a couple situations, like actually faced harassment in person. Um, but that's not to say that racism does not happen at cons and that unfortunately is just a product of what happens. Um, I have a lot of great friends, um, like cis white men who are allies and they will sometimes post things on Twitter and be like, hey, if you are being harassed or whatever, whatever, like I am a safe person, you can come up to me, call me by Andrew, which is not their name, but like call, call me Andrew and I, and I will know that you need help and I will be a safe person and I will get you, I'll walk with you, I'll do whatever you need to do because um, nobody should be feeling unsafe at cons. I think a lot of femme presenting people face a lot of harassment um, by people, men, uh, <laughs> at cons. Um, and uh, th that is something else that um, people do get harassed for, which is not fun. Um, and then as far as accessibility goes, um, cons like PAX, uh, most cons actually have a medical badge that you can get, which will allow you to um, enter panels early um, so that you get prefer prefer preferential, wow, I can't say words, um, seating. So like if you have any kind of disability, um, you can uh, get a medical badge. Um, the uh, So I, I make use of that. Um, because for me, uh, with my auditory processing disorder, I have to sit near the front so that I can uh, be closer to the sound because otherwise it's hard for me to hear and also focus if I'm way in the back. Um, so that is the reason I tend to use um, medical badges. So uh, all this to say, you don't have to have a quote unquote like physical disability to get one. There are a lot of valid reasons for getting a medical badge. Um, they have all the information online. So definitely check that out. Um, I think a lot of disabled people self-select out of that. They're like, oh, I'm not disabled enough for that. But if, if you think having a medical badge would benefit you, the worst they can say is no. But I've also never heard of them saying no. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is accessibility. Um, I mentioned that I went to Gen Con. I was at Gen Con in 2022. And um, the night before the con, because I flew in Wednesday, that night I broke my ankle. And I was in a wheelchair for the rest of that convention. So that was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, con spaces are not accessible to wheelchairs. And I found that to be very disappointing. I had a very disappointing experience at Gen Con. Um, there is a photo of uh, at the Any Awards when they called all of the winners onto stage to take a picture. Um, there was no ramp to get on stage, so I had to like awkwardly crawl onto the stage from my chair. And in every single picture of this winner's picture, my chair is just there in the front of the stage. And I think that um, I've been told they they improved the year after. I didn't go back the year after. Um, but I think it's just experiences like that where I'm just like, it con spaces sometimes just aren't accessible and i really want to push the industry into doing better because um we should do better and i 
I obviously am not a full-time chair user, and so I can only imagine what full-time chair users experience. Um, I can only say what I personally experienced that one con, but you know, I barely fit through the doorways. Um, no one, uh, when I was in the expo hall, when you're you know sitting in a wheelchair you're shorter than everyone else and i'm already short and so like no one like people would bump into me they wouldn't see me um a lot of uh the products on the tables were like too tall for me so some vendors were very nice and like you know would would tip things up to show me what things were um but it was definitely just like it's just like an all over just kind of meh experience <laughs> um and uh, yeah, I have a lot to say about sort of accessibility uh, in con spaces. Um, I think uh, Gen Con um, is improving, um, but just in general, uh, I think there's a lot of people that face a lot of different kinds of challenges at cons, but that's not to say that conventions aren't for you. Um, I think everybody belongs at conventions and everyone should feel safe at conventions. And um, you know, despite all of the harassment and other stuff, um, I think I'm very glad to have friends um, who are there for me, uh, friends who pushed me around all weekend, <laughs> Gen Con, um, and uh, were generally very supportive um, of me in general and helping, uh, helping me experience cons the way that uh, able-bodied people are able to. Because um, now uh, you'll you'll probably see me at Pexies with a cane uh, because my ankle's been acting up and that's not fun. Like I'm fully healed, but I had a spiral fracture, which is a fun thing. Because also, here's the other funny thing about that weekend is I didn't know I broke my ankle. I thought I had just sprained it the whole time. And so by the end of the weekend, like I was putting a little bit of weight on it and like, like I thought I had just sprained it. But uh, anyways, the story's getting so long. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. All this to say, I think I face a lot of challenges, but I have found a lot of ways to mitigate those things. And I hope that uh, any of this advice, uh, people who might be feeling similarly, that you uh, find any of that useful. And you absolutely can always message me, ask me questions about XYZ. I have headphone recommendations. I have earplug recommendations. Um, bring a bar like a like a granola bar into the con because that's great if you're having like a sugar crash or just you need food and you're like ah oh, shoot I don't want to leave to get food so just always carry like a bar with you stuff like that yeah especially you don't want to you know for an accessibility money perspective you're in a convention hall which means you know everything's uh, expensive everything it's costs so seven oh, times you want french fries that'll be nine dollars eleven at least <laughs> oh yeah sorry i was being too eleven dollars for some Inflation, fries you know like, oh, <laughs> you wanted salt on those an extra seven dollars good luck <laughs> um what about for for uh dj or nanai any kind of experiences with cons in terms of good or bad and community and as it relates to like all of our identities DJ, do you want to go first this time? Sure. Um, so again, can't see me, but um mixed race, but I'm in very light skinned, um, Latinx and white. So I get a lot of assumptions in primarily white spaces, especially um my last name, my name either name isn't ethnic or anything. So I get a lot of privilege in the fact that people don't usually clock me all of the time, unless they're a person of color and then they immediately clock me, which is even more amusing to me. But, um, and I am a large, like I'm a six foot, 300 pound dude. So like 
there's a lot of scary dog privilege that I get, um, which is not the case. I'm just a big old teddy bear, uh, usually. So I don't experience a lot of the discrimination or issues that I know that happen at cons um, pretty consistently, especially towards femme folks or femme presenting folks. Um, so, like, I did cosplay one year, and I had a very positive experience, and I reflected back on that, and it was because I was a big scary dude, and they just wanted to talk about my cosplay and what I was doing, and not sexualizing me in the same way. Um, I will say that there are times that things surprise me at cons, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk what text West for a second. Um, and this isn't anything to say about the group that I'm going to talk about, but just my discomfort with it. Um, they're, they usually do a, a PAX Arena at West, so they have uh, different games that are happening, uh, competitions and those things. And they usually invite the army to come play um, like Call of Duty or, or things like that. And and there's just something very disc like quieting to me of someone like let's watch people who are actively in military like they're camos playing a game where they're going and killing other people and it just it all around feels very uncomfortable to me and like and i know that there's a intersection between like veterans and and video games and like so i i don't think that that's always um a bad conversation to have but yeah um and I made a comment in our chat just about like army sponsored. Those things are really weird to me. And as a person of color from a like I grew up in a town of a thousand in Southern Oregon, so like the recruitment and the push to go to the military was really really hard. Like there's a lot of weirdness there that I like I don't go to those spaces flat out anymore because it just doesn't. It just feels icky, um, for lack of a better word. So. Um, I, I guess those are the areas that I think about. And so I have to be really explicit, like, and panels and things like that. And I feel like um, I haven't gone for a while now to conventions and I'm starting back up, but just I, there's so much happening in TTRPG spaces, especially online, and there's so much discourse there. But, like, I'm making sure I'm paying attention to a lot of those things right now so I can be aware of what is happening. So if there is someone or something happening that I should use my privilege of being large and white presenting and male to be like no no stop this bullshit like i want to help be a part of that discourse in a positive way and educate myself in that instead of making other people do that for me so um i think there are many positive amazing things about conventions um and i'm excited to go back and there's it's a system white supremacy patriarchy this is literally what i do for my day job but like all of that is still alive, present, and very active. Yeah, DJs, we were talking about the the army boot. Like it, they they have one at Pax East as well. Um, but it's like it's it's definitely like one of those things you walk by and you're like, I don't fully understand this space that I'm like. I I usually veer around from from that general vicinity, but that's similarly to DJ. I grew up in a very small town um where army recruitment was a was a big deal so um uh nanite um so just a quick thing uh just on what jay was talking about um if you need it you can request a sign language interpreter for pax east 
Um, the email is on their website, but it's paxquestions at readexpo.com. Um, so you can email them if you need one, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but so uh, most of y'all can't see me or maybe I've been on the podcast enough. People might have checked out my Twitter, um, but I'm a pretty white presenting like fairly straight presenting whatever the hell that means um I've got a beard and so sure um but you know I do get those privileges that come along with it like on first glance and first interaction people are like oh that's a straight white dude that just plays games like well no um I am engaged to a man I'm Jewish which comes with its own fucking issues especially in today's climate um going to synagogue was not a fun experience because I found out a lot of my family do not hold the same beliefs that I do um which is we're pro-Palestine in this house and they are not which was incredibly uncomfortable um just sitting there for two hours <laughs> my god um but so most of the, not hate, but well, no, I guess hate um, has been online rather than in person, um, which I feel like not to um, say like it doesn't happen, but it seems kind of the new normal is a lot of online harassment, um, whether it be through doxing or death threats, hate messages, anything like that um seems to kind of have shifted to the new normal um not to say it doesn't happen but in a convention scenario in a large group of people um <clears throat> and i'm speaking as a masculine individual um it's no how do i put this um it's harder to see if it does happen um because it's a lot of microaggressions it's making people uncomfortable in a scenario rather than being aggressive to someone in a scenario i think if yeah, you've I, never I, experienced something it's hard to yeah. know what to look for and yeah. i think it's Wait. well um uh it's good that you are aware of that because then you can ask you could ask your marginalized friends yeah. for like their experiences and just listen to people um and you can offer your privilege as like yeah. <laughs> a tall dude to the beard and like, be like hey, yeah you need someone to walk around with sure let's go so you want to go check <laughs> I'll out that your panel? scary dog Heck yeah <laughs> um it, yeah it's so like if you have that privilege it's definitely on you to use it for good mm -hmm. for lack of a better term like make sure your friends are comfortable. If a dude is being creepy, push them out. Like, call them out. They say a sexist remark, be like, I, that doesn't seem funny. Can you explain it? Like, make them as uncomfortable as they are making your friends. Yeah, because literally just say, is, I don't get it. If someone makes a bad joke, explain just say, it. I don't get it. Like, and... oh, it's funny because, okay, explain is that. It? Why is that is funny? It? Like, <laughs> Come on, like, why Why is it funny? Come on, man. You were laughing a second ago. What's going on here? Oh, you're it's, li it's literally yeah. my favorite default line when someone says something inappropriate like that. And I'm like, okay. I don't get it. Could you explain that to me? Yeah. Because, like, I, I think bigots will, like, especially if you look like 
the majority, they will assume that you all agree with them. So you need to make it known that you don't agree with them and then they'll mm -hmm. shut up. They have yeah. before. They'll like look to me and I'm like, no. So before <laughs> I lived in, before tomato, I lived tomato, in, tomato. <laughs> before I lived in Massachusetts, um, I lived in Texas. Ooh. So there was a lot of that. Um, I distinctly remember like going to, so I got invited, I think it was two years ago now, maybe three. I was invited to DreamHack um, as a guest. Um, so I only had to pay for my flight, which was great. I was like, oh, I'll see some friends. I'll go to the convention. Um, and this goes back to like the ableism and accessibility um, folks were talking about earlier. They changed their mask policy a day and a half before. They didn't tweet it out on any of their socials. They didn't put it on Facebook. It was a non-tagged message in Discord. They didn't even at everyone with a mask policy update. And I was like, what the actual fuck is this? Um, so myself and a couple other creators um, just straight up did not go. We were like, this, like if you're being this sneaky about it, you know you're wrong you could enforce this and you actively chose not to, mm -hmm. which was like irredeemable in my eyes. Cause it's like you're active. And this was two or three years ago, like during a height of, during the height of the pandemic, it's still going on um, in a different way. Um, but everyone was already kind of like, we planned on this and then you're kind of, folding the texas um but there yeah texas definitely had a lot of the oh you look like me so you think like me and i'm like brother do i have news for you <laughs> you are wrong i am queer as hell um so that's always fun um yeah. oh, jay what do you got oh just another quick thing um yeah. ask consent before you touch oh people my God, please mm -hmm. i i yes I've been told I have tall energy. I am not tall. I am physically short. I am five feet tall and I don't like it. Unfortunately, my height is one of the biggest things that gives me dysphoria and there's nothing I can do about that. Um, but there's a non-zero amount of times that I've been picked up by people. Uh, so much so that when I go to cons, I always like change my pin tweet to show like, oh, these are the panels I'm going to be on. This is the stuff I'm in. If you want to come find me, these are the places I'm guaranteed to be at. Um, because, you know, also the other thing, if, if, if someone that you follow on Twitter and, and you, and, and like, you're not friends with them, just someone you follow, uh, if you want to say hi to them, please go find them at, at their panels, at their stuff that they're going to be at. Don't try to like run up on them when they're trying to eat food or trying to like, when they're talking with their friends or that sort of thing. Like that's like, some people are very generous with their time and they would love to talk to you, but that's not everyone. And so the best time to go say hi, to take photos, to do whatever, is to go find them when they're on their panels. Anyways, I make a little graphic telling people where I'm going to be um, so that people can come find me at those designated times. <laughs> and um, on that graphic, I have like a stuff to know about me. And like this includes things like, please don't startle me, or I may ask you to repeat yourself because of my auditory processing disorder. Um, don't yeah don't like jump scare me essentially because i will have a panic attack um 
But on this card, I have had to put do not pick me up, which seems like a no brainer. However, you would be surprised at the amount of people that go in for a hug and I consent to a hug and then they pick me up. And I'm like, or, like, stop it. Don't do that. Put me down. Put me down. I will uh, like, I have claws. I will like, I will rip your skin out. I will flay you. <laughs> like, stop it. <laughs> and now that I have a cane, I'm like, I will hit you with this thing. <laughs> wow. Don't, don't I, pick people yeah. up. Yeah. And I, oh, go for it. I think for like a couple of things that I've been kind of seeing, I've got like a small list of things. I think one, one big thing, I know we talked about it before is when you're going up to, to, demo games when you're sitting down at a table to like say if you you know i don't care if it's a tabletop game with a three-hour block or if it's a quick demo at somebody's table if the vibes are bad leave the fucking table like it's okay it's it is i have been i went up and did, i remember this because it happened to flash my brain because i literally was playing this uh, a game the other night and one of my it was early when i was going to pax one of the early years i went there someone was demoing this game and like made like a weird homophobia like a homophobic joke mm -hmm. like it was one vendor making it about the other vendor and like they might have been cool but it didn't land for me and i literally just like took my cards and i set them down and i said i think i'm all set thank you so much and walked away i think i know exactly which if it was pax last year i think i know that it, no 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 oh, this, okay. this was this was a like years ago but like and i i've i and maybe this is like, I, I don't know if I'm like stirring things up when I go do tabletop more longer games. Yeah. Like I want to gauge a crowd. Mm -hmm. I will usually like I'll I'll have my character use like different pronouns because I just want to get a feel of like it. Like if I put down like someone uses he, they or they, them pronouns and people around the table make faces or scoff or do any kind of negative reaction to that, my ass is gone. Like you don't. I paid, I paid, well, sometimes I pay to be at PAX, but I am giving, like, my time is just as valuable and I'm not going to sit in a space for three hours, especially if the GM doesn't correct it. If other people don't jump in, I will just simply be like, you know what? Oh my God, my friends uh, suddenly need me. And I know, no, my phone didn't go off. I didn't, I just I, know, I just know the that they need me. They're telepathically and, communicating distress and I have to go. Like, I gotta go. Also, I don't know you an explanation. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know you an explanation. You're a stranger and you seem kind of awful. Yeah. Um, the other thing is I, for as much as, and I'm going to do this as delicately as I can without naming the very specific game, which is probably <laughs> what Nanite was talking about. I think so. Sometimes you go up to booths and the game itself is bad and offensive. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. And some, I and sometimes play a fun game. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt. And sometimes the vendor thinks that you're in on it and they that you want to be involved. And sometimes the vendor goes, "Do you want to see the secret binder full of extra offensive things?" Yup. And they hand that you one. said binder. And I'm and again, I think much like Nanite, I generally present I'm I'm a white dude. Like yes, my nails are painted, but I still present pretty mask. I, I I have a lot of privilege in spaces. And when somebody says like, oh my God, you I opened the binder. I already knew it was bad. We've been we had been like eyeballing this table for a while because <laughs> we were like at a demo next to it. And I like was I was prepared. I wanted the binder because I wanted to have a moment. <laughs> um, because I would make for really good reality television. Like that's how I want to couch all of this. Just look into the camera. Look to the camera as they hand me the binder, and I'm like, the fuck is this? And I loudly, I loudly went, 
these cards are disgusting and this game is trash. And I closed the binder and I handed it back to the man. Gee, I've never had that experience. I wonder why uh, white game designers aren't handing me their binders of problematic wow. shit. Oh my God. That's so weird. That's the like, a unique experience only for you, Eric. <laughs> I... like, and again, like, and when I said that, there were people standing around me that heard me say that. And I think when you're in this kind of a space, even if a game is uncomfortable, or even if something isn't what, like, the minute somebody acknowledges that out loud, you could see other people looking around and being like, yeah, no, I don't actually like this. Yeah. And, and I then think it's on you to call it out. It's yeah, it's I, I want to like not that anyone should be doing this for props, but I appreciate you calling these things out because when you look like a marginalized person, we are more at risk for calling things out, mm -hmm. especially when you are calling out someone who might be a foot taller than you or 10 years older than you or just weighs more than you. <laughs> Um, and so like for me, for my own safety, if I'm ever met with a really uncomfortable situation, I generally have to be non-confrontational. I just have to make up excuses. I lie to get out of things because I can't be upfront and be confrontational and say, hey, this fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> like, like, I wish I could do that. But um, for my own safety, unfortunately, sometimes I just can't do that. So I really appreciate when people who do feel safe calling these things out that you do that. Um, and I and I will say, because this episode goes up before PAX East, and if you're going to be at PAX East, I promise you, this game is there. Yeah, I've seen them Point on the vendor list. Point oh, and laugh um, again. And I the so I think I I think I yelled at this man on like Thursday or Friday, and the rest of the time that I was at PAX walking around, every time I was in proximity because it was like a high traffic area. Yeah, he would look at me and then visibly turn away from me. Oh hell yeah! Good. Make them uncomfortable. Like, Make them not want to come back. Oh yeah, they were like well, right by an entrance too. And it, I I saw something I I was probably on Twitter one time, but like somebody said like anytime if. If something makes me feel uncomfortable, I want everyone else around me to feel the discomfort that I'm experiencing because I shouldn't be doing it alone. Um, so like when someone's being, you know, bigoted, microaggression, whatever, nasty. like, right, doing things like you've caused me discomfort. I want everyone else around me to know that this has happened and we no longer like you. Um, I, so I look forward to my round two with this game. <laughs> I play a fun game when I walk around that expo hall, like I said, when I'm walking up and down. I play a fun game with myself called uh, Who Can Find the Most Offensive Game in This Entire Place? And so like, I'll walk around with friends and I'll tell them, let's play this game where we try to find the most offensive thing in this room. And it's, it's, it's very fun for us marginalized people to do this. And your goal as a game designer should be to never be on our list. <laughs> yeah, I definitely had one. There was one time I had somebody I don't know if the game was on Kickstarter. And to this day, I can never remember the name of it. And I will message my friend afterwards and be like, what was the name of this game? But the guy walked up and like put cards in front of us. was like, I have a game for you. And it was Bad. so we, there, we were, it was, remember I told you like we used to sit at round tables and <laughs> had like our setup, our shop. So we were there. Um, and this man comes over and starts explaining this game to us. And he's like clearly just walking around trying to peddle his stuff, which I'm like, cool, do you? Like you can't afford a booth. Awesome. So the game was you played as a dude and that was your only option. And you were trying to have sex with a bunch of women. That was your only option. Ew. And you lost the game if a woman got pregnant Three or you contracted an STD. Three strikes. Oh, my God. Huh? 
I genuinely, for the record, I have, I have never seen this game ever again. Like I've not, it's never been at PAX. I've never seen it around. So I don't think it exists in any print way. But when I tell you that, like, it was me and my, my really good friend, uh, who the one who runs, who's the the bearded dude who runs the podcast that wore a pink t-shirt and his wife. And this man is like, he thinks that we're right. The right people for him. And we're all just sitting there. And eventually I believe it was, I believe it was my friend, my friend Jenna, uh, who was just like, hi, I don't like this game. Can you please leave our table? I'm tired. Good. Because like, it was just, I, I think it was so. because it was just like, it sprung on us. We didn't, like, it took us a minute. And this was when, back before I was like super confident or not super confident, more confident than I am today. If that happened today and that started, I literally probably looked up and been like, I need you to walk away from this table right now because this is, this is the wrong crowd at the wrong time, buddy. Mm-hmm. But okay. So the, no, oh, you were going to say something. Oh, go yeah. For it. I got like two quick things. Um, yeah. The other thing is protect your friends. Um, mm-hmm. Should go without saying, but PAX East has a lot, and conventions in general have a lot of people. Like Jay had said, they tend to be of one group. Um, or majority one group um so just look out for each other um i like to think there is a lot more good in the world than evil that being said there definitely is some evil in the world um and conventions unfortunately are a place that you find it um just because there's so much that goes on um that being said there are good things that happen at conventions um like there's some really cool games like try everything out even if you don't think you're gonna like a game demo play it um you just might become a partner for a game like i did um so like that's fun it genuinely is a good place to meet people and make those connections even if you like only talk to that person at conventions like you make convention friends it's like oh my god you're going to pax east again i'll see you there let's grab dinner and catch up like it's only been a few weeks all right the last thing before we wrap up is i just want to like we know we've kind of said some of them but any any convention tips that folks have what are your like couple but like if you had to give like maybe three three or four like here's my things that i would make sure you do uh jay uh my biggest one is uh definitely like make a schedule for yourself um, whether you are attending as a professional or as uh, like a fan or a hobbyist, um, conventions offer so many different things and um, it helps to like visually see all the stuff that you're interested in. Um, console posts, the schedule of events in like the weeks leading up to the con. Definitely like take some time, look through this list, write down all the events you want to go to and then make sure that you can actually go to them so you're not like double booking yourself. Um, for cons like Gen Con, where you actually have to like book tickets, make sure you do that. Other cons, you have to show up and it's first come, first serve. Um, but definitely like making a schedule will help you visually see these are all the things that I want to do. Is this too much? Will I have time to get from point A to point B? Am I leaving room for lunch? 
which is important. Leave room for lunch. Uh, <laughs> and um, that will help you, one, feel like if you were going into a con with nothing to do, this helps you feel like, oh, I can look forward to this event on this day and this event on this day. And oh, like this is super exciting. I'm going to like a mini painting workshop here and I'm going to go to a panel about um, storytelling narratives, showing, not telling. I don't even know. I'm making up panel names now. <laughs> but like, like if you plan in advance, advance, um, which of course not for everyone, but if you plan in advance, that's a great way for you to feel like, yes, I have a purpose going to this convention. I feel confident. I'm not going to be wandering around, quote unquote, wasting time. Um, trying to decide with, you know, decision paralysis in the moment can be very debilitating for a lot of people. So if you like even just pick like one thing you want to go to, and then you can call that a success, right? You go to that thing, you're like, yes, I went to that thing. Um, some people are more spontaneous and this might not work for you, but um, I think this is a great, like this is my like best advice besides all like the smaller stuff. If you're going for work, definitely make business cards. D business cards are definitely very much a thing. Please, 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 please. Your business cards should be the normal standard business card size. I love square business cards, I really do, but they don't fit in my business card holder. And you know where those are going? Like right in the trash. Like it like it 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 sucks because square business cards are cool. And I I try to keep them and I have a separate stack of them at home because you know, but like please make your business cards a standard size. Um please. <laughs> um, I highly recommend Moo.com. I'm not sponsored by them, but I really should be. I have an affiliate code. So if you have not bought from Moo before, you can use my referral code and you can get 25% off your first order. <laughs> so that's on my Twitter. You can tweet at me to get the link or just search at NalaWoo on Twitter and then just the word Moo. You should find it. I've posted it a bajillion times. Um, Moo's great. Um, especially with a 25% off because they are a little bit pricier than other options like Vistaprint or getting them done at Staples. But like the basic quality business cards that Moo puts are really nice card stock. They feel professional um, and they're, they are uh, really nice. Um, that's my little plug, I guess, for Moo. Um, but business cards are great. Um, if you specifically are an artist, uh, making little postcards of your work to hand out um is like a little added like ooh kind of thing that you can hand out to um if you are walking around the booths um you can go ask if the art director is there oh sorry yes this is actually what i want to say sorry if you are looking for work in the space get business cards and then walk around the expo hall and talk to people at the booths and ask is the creative director here? Is there an art director here? Um, or just say like, are you currently hiring freelancers? Actually, that's what I would leave with. I would leave with, are you currently hiring freelancers? And then say, oh, can I speak to your narrative designer? Can I speak to your whatever? If they say yes, of course. Um, but like my first year at conventions, that's all I did is I just walked around the expo hall. I talked to like almost every single booth. I asked, are you hiring illustrators? Um, how can I submit my work to you? Blah, blah, blah. I had business cards ready. I had those postcards I mentioned with like just my work samples of my work that I could hand to them and even if the art director wasn't there the people working the boots work for those companies and they're like I will be taking all of these back to our art director and I've gotten work because of just walking around talking to people so if you are looking for work in the space that is my best advice you just have to talk to people and it's really scary but I promise you if you like make a script for yourself and you practice it like 
I promise you it's not that hard and people are very nice. And the worst they can say is, no, we're not hiring right now. And you're like, okay, thank you very much for your time. And you move on. <laughs> that is my best advice. All right. DJ, do you want to go? Sure. Um, I think for me, uh, take care of yourself. So water, like take those breaks. It's a experience is a, a, a marathon, not a sprint. Um, I'm the mom friend. So I have like a bandy pack or a, like a hip holster of like, great, here is a water bottle. Here is Advil because my knees hurt. Here's my fan because I get hot. Like, uh, so for me, at least it is like dress for comfort, not for impressing people because uh, I get uncomfortable in spaces easily. Um, and try to have fun and know that the fun looks different for every person. But if you're really excited, like you will be surrounded by people who are really excited and like revel in that if that's not your norm, especially if you're going to like nerdy conventions and you are one of only a few in your area, like or your friend group who get this, like it will feel wild being in the space of people who are just as nerdy or nerdier than you are. All right, Nanite, what you got? Um, so speaking from personal experience, the best time to buy things in the expo hall are the first day right at the start or the last day right at the end. Don't bother. I mean, you can if I you want. That. Don't bother trying to buy anything during like the peak times because there's Saturday. Be yeah, Saturday, <laughs> Friday, when everyone's there, there are so many people. It is shoulder to shoulder. You can't try things out as much as you want. A lot of vendors will kind of have um, like a game set up on the booth that you can either watch or play a little bit. You're not going to be able to do that during the peak of the con. Don't even try. If you can, great, but it, it's, there's a lot going on. Um, like Jay said, uh, schedule helps a lot. Um, looking at the map ahead of time so you know where everything is, especially PAX East, because it's not just one floor, it's three, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. There's the expo floor, there's the first floor, and then there is um, like one more above that has a couple things here and there. Um, Definitely look at the map ahead of time. A lot of the other things like the intersectionality room is on the outside rather than towards the center of the expo hall. Um, so just knowing where all that stuff is um, will definitely help. Um, talk to everyone, um, but also don't be afraid to stop talking to someone if that makes sense. Um, some people are just weird. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of weirdos at the con. Um, some you can clock immediately and you're like, I don't want to be around that guy. Um, and some you find out as you're talking to him, you're like, I need to make the swiftest exit possible um, yesterday. And I need you to never, you get the ick immediately. You're like, I need you to never come near me um, until they start challenging all of the gym leaders. And you're like, okay, well, can't do anything about that. Um but have fun, wear good shoes. Um, like DJ said earlier, don't wear Converse, wear running shoes or hiking boots. Um, wear your shit kickers for reasons. Yeah. Um, and I had one more thing I wanted to add. Um, 
cons, especially at after parties, are like unfortunately very focused around drinking. If you don't drink, it's okay. Um, a lot of my friends have been making pushes to create spaces where drinking isn't super encouraged because a lot of people are sober for many reasons. And um, I feel like, especially when you're networking, you feel pressure to drink because everyone else is drinking. You're at a bar, whatever, whatever. I'm someone who doesn't drink in public much at all. Um, frankly, just because I am a lightweight and every drink a bar will make for me is way too strong. On top of that, I'm very picky about what kind of drinks I drink anyway. So there's likely not gonna be anything at the bar that I want to drink in the first place. Um, and I have definitely felt pressure to drink um, when I'm out with people or I'm at a networking or like a like a casual networking event where like they don't call it a networking event, but like there's important people there and everyone's socializing. And again, it's, it's unfortunately like you have to be in the room. Um, and like, that's just so unfortunate that, you know, it is that way. Um, this is definitely a thing where like if you can continue extending opportunities for people who can't be at conventions for whatever reason that is the best practice especially for people with privilege to continue extending opportunities for people who can't be at conventions um but anyways to get in that room right a lot of these rooms meta meta metaphorical rooms to be in often are very heavily focused around drinking and socializing and i just like i need people to know that you do not have to drink if you don't want to drink um, because you may feel pressure to drink, but, but if you don't want to, you don't have to drink. Um, and, uh, that's something I think I wish I knew going into it. Um, cause I started going to cons before I turned 21. And then I was obviously like, I can't drink. I literally can't. And then once I turned 21, I was like, oh, now I'm feeling pressure to drink. And now I'm just like, no, nah, I don't drink it. I, I will not drink at a con <laughs> unless I made the drink. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's just very, very important to say. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's about it for, for tips, I think, from me. Uh, I, I said a couple of things. So like one is, and this is kind of like, it's a, it can go either way, right? Like, so like, remember who you're talking to when you're walking up to these booths and things, you're trying out a demo. I don't care if you hated the game, unless it's the one that I was talking about before where that is offensive and trash. If it's just not your thing or if the quality doesn't seem like it's quite there or whatever it is, you don't have to say it to those folks. There's ways to be like, oh, my gosh, thank you. Like, this is really cool. I'll keep an eye out on Steam or I'll keep an eye out whatever. Or sometimes I might be like, oh, like, this is a really cool game, but it definitely isn't my vibe. Like, I'm not really a first person shooter game, but this is cool. Because um, my story is that one time I was I was playing the game um, Raji which is uh, like an Indian inspired platformer. And it was incredible. And we got, they Gorgeous got done. Like, yeah. Oh, Hard to that's, get into. that's the, that's the thing that happened. So they're like, Oh, like, what did you think? And I literally like, there was a woman standing next to me, part of the booth. And I just went, this game might be one of the most beautiful games that I think I've ever seen. And it turns out she was the art director and had designed a lot of the art for the game. That was the right thing. To so say. she was just like, she looked at me and she's like, Thank you so much. And it didn't even click in my head that saying that out loud to the person that is there might be the person who like actually made that specific element of the game. Um, so I think just remember who's at the booths. Remember that like they are so excited to talk to you about their game. Like this is their their like big thing that they've been working on, some of them for years. And so like just taking that space to say like, hey, this was really cool. Thank you so much for sharing it with me. 
and even if you don't buy it later, you don't follow up on it. That's cool. But like, I don't know, that affirmation, I feel like is such an important thing. Again, unless they're awful human beings that have a secret binder of cards that are equally offensive, yada, yada, yada. Um, my other two things are just try new things. Even if you don't like sometimes if there's a quick demo, it's like a five, 10 minute demo and you have nothing to do. And someone's like, hey, do you want to try this? You're like, I have no idea what this is. Feel free to give things a try. You can surprise yourself on what kinds of things you might you might find. Um, and then my last one is just kind of an echo of what I said before, which is just to protect your peace. Like there's other times that it's OK to say, like, I'm overwhelmed. There's too much going on. I need to draw a boundary with somebody. I need to find some space to recharge. This con is about your, it's about your experience and you're making your experience. Um, unless you are someone like Nanite who has a specific role and responsibility to when someone comes up and says, I want to challenge you to a Pokemon battle. Nanite doesn't have the, the ability to say. If my scarf is on, I actually can't say no. They, yeah. I so like, <laughs> you know, you signed up for a role, yeah. but I think outside of that, like this is your experience. And if the vibes are bad, if, if you're not having a good time with something, it, it's okay to find a way to excuse yourself and and leave. Um, whether you do that in my very brazen way, or if you do that in other ways where you just need to say like, oh, well, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize what time it is. I have to go. My, I'm supposed to be meeting my friends in five minutes on the other side of the convention, whatever. Um, but those are my couple little tidbits. Um, and then what we'll do to wrap up uh, we'll start with this time. We'll start with Nanite and we'll go the other direction. So if you'd like to be found on the internet or have a panel you're participating in at an upcoming convention, feel free to plug all those things. I will do my best to put socials in the show notes um, as well. So don't worry about if like there's spelling or things you need. We'll, we'll get it. But Nanite, I know you like to be found on the internet. So where can people find you? You can find me at Twitter. Yes, it will always be called that at Nanite Tech um, and on Twitch at Nanite Technology. Hopefully after PAX, I will be making a return once things calm down in the personal life. Um, yeah, uh, keep an eye out on hopefully my own podcast in the future. All right, DJ, where can people find you on the interwebs? Yeah, I am on Twitter uh, at DJ underscore KQ and um, in, on Instagram at Deej, D-E-E-J underscore KQ. I am trying to be better about social media. Uh, most of the time you'll see nerdy or sarcastic things there or DEI things. So be prepared. Jay, where can people find you on the internet? Hi everyone, I have been Nala or Jay. I am on Twitter at Nala Wu and at Nala Draws for my art. I am also at Nala Draws on every other social media that I have. That includes Instagram, TikTok, where I, I do TikTok for fun. So my TikTok is a bunch of random stuff. If you watch any of my actual play things, I do a lot of like in-character skits and things like that. Um, I also sing and, I, and my my videos on TikTok are so random because <laughs> I like I'm like I get one social media for fun and that is TikTok. Um, I also have Blue Sky um, at NolaDraws.com. 
um, my portfolio is on knowledgedraws.com. Um, I am an art director, illustrator, character designer. I also do layout and graphic design um, and lots of other things. Knowledge Draws on itch where I have a couple things up. Um, I don't really have anything serious on my itch. I have a joke game that I literally wrote in my sleep and some character sheet designs. Um, <laughs> but um, I think the things that I want to mainly shout out, um, if you want to see me on other actual plays, um, Itaewon by Night, that I think I mentioned earlier, is um, uh, an actual play of Vampire the Masquerade. We are the first and only all Asian cast to play VTM on stream. Uh, we are award-winning and we have two seasons out. Our first season is over on Going Crit. Uh, or blah, blah, going crit RPG, and our second season is on Bad House uh, RPG. Um, those vods are all on YouTube, um, and I do a lot of performance work in the space. Uh, so if you follow my Twitter, that is the best place to follow all of the stuff that I do. I love doing makeup and cosplay for my characters, and um, it brings me great joy. Um, I am going to be on a panel at PAX East. Um, it is, and I did look this up, Friday at 1 p.m. It is called Finding Power and Pride in Own Voice Storytelling. And the theater that we are going to be in, as I am looking through my email, we will be in the the can i read fast we will be in a theater where is it <laughs> be in it said it in the email what can i not oh dragonfly theater we will be in the dragonfly theater friday at 1 p.m talking about own voice storytelling um and I'm very excited for this. Um, it's basically going to be me uh, telling you all to hire diverse voices, um, not just as your sensitivity consultants, because we can do so much more than that. If you put us in creative positions, you are likely to lessen the probability that you'll write problematic content because own voice storytelling um, is where you hire people from that culture to write about that culture. I know, wild idea. Uh, but we'll be talking more about that. Friday at 1 p.m. at the Dragonfly Theater. Come find me there. <laughs> and for folks, if you are listening to this and there's somebody who's going to PAX East, one thing I will tell you that is a helpful tip is that there are three different levels of uh, rooms where you can see things in. They all are A, B, C, and D by the different floors. Hmm. And the animal or thing that they are represents what floor you should be able to find them on. Oh, my so gosh. things that are closer to the ground, like the arachnoid Arachnid Theater is on the ground level hey. versus the Albatross, which is up on the third floor. Oh, I thought it was going to go by. I thought I thought we were going to do a cool thing where like A is on the vent and then the B is the second level. Nah, never mind. No, so it's, a, it's, it's A, B, C, D on each of the floors. But as you go up, the names of the uh, the creatures shift in terms of where you would find them in the forest. Oh. Which is a cool way to think about the layout of that. If you're ever like, where's the Bobcat Theater, which is where you should be on Sunday at 3.30 p.m. to listen to <laughs> Queering the Table, LGBTQ plus experiences in tabletop gaming, where you will hear myself, DJ, and a number of other folks uh, who are who have been on the pod before. But the Bobcat Theater will be on the main, like the main level because we are the Bobcat, which is fine walking on the ground. 
Wow. Look at how I look how swiftly I did that. That that wow. was really nice. smooth. That was I really smooth. I give you props for that. That was that was so that was so smooth. How where's Dragonfly then? Because Dragonflies think, fly, but not too high. I think they're either the second or the third floor. I forget. Interesting. I forget what the what they all are on all of them, but like that's that's always been the, the mnemonic that I've used to try and like remember where something is. No, that's so helpful because like I didn't know that, and East is my local con, so I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> this is news to me. <laughs> all right, so to, to wrap us up, so if you're listening to this for the first time, the queer ex- the queer experience can be found on all socials at the queer XP. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Blue Sky. I've managed to claim all names for myself on all platforms right now. Yay! Um, and then coming up, the next so the next couple of actual plays we have, I'll go through the next three of them. So next week, you're going to hear us playing a game called When the Sun Dies by game oh. designer Dare. Oh, I love Dare. <laughs> Finger, we're, right now I'm working out the scheduling. We're hoping to have Dare join us for it. Uh, I'm really excited for that. It's a game about the end of the world. And how you basically live out the last couple days of your existence. Um, so I'm excited for that. The following week, we're doing Once More Onto the Stars, which is a Star Trek inspired game built on Powered by the Apocalypse. Uh, and we do have the game designer for that coming on. Her name is Lara. So I'm really excited for that one. And then the last one on the docket coming up is called Cars with a Z. And all I'm going to do is read <laughs> you what is on their itch page on the first image of the page of the book. This is a motherfucking game. You're going to play a role and tell a story collaboratively set in a hyper mutant garbage of this post-apocalyptic cosmic dumpster that we call Earth. And that is the game. Do you play a car? Yes, you play mutant garbage. (laughs) Ka-chow. So I'm super excited for all of that. We are... We have most of our stuff. I have the schedule mostly figured out up until our finale in May, um, which I'm really excited for the finale episode. I just told people in my Discord today that we're going to play a game called Slasher Flick, which is a horror style TTRPG. We played it in season one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always very kind with the rules and the rules are brutal. And so we are doing Slasher Flick Gauntlet Edition. We are going to have a large ensemble of people and we are going to meet Grinder our way through everybody until we get oh. to a final girl. And then one person, because those those are the rules of the game. The killer is not supposed to be able to be harmed until there is one person left. So we will be playing that. It will be exciting. Uh, and that's all for now. Thank you, everyone, for joining. This was super wonderful. I can't wait to see it. I think everyone at PAX East, again, if you're listening, join us at PAX East. It's a lovely time. Come find people and find them at their panels. And always ask for consent to shake hands, hug, etc., because that's a good way to practice life. And don't be weird if someone says no. Like yep, don't be always weird. if don't you're asking for consent for anything, expect a no. <laughs> like, just prepare yourself for that. <laughs> so we look forward to seeing all of you at our respective panels and things. Thank you so much. We'll see you all later. Bye.